Hallelujah. I, I, I just can't praise him enough for all he's done for me. And I know I'm going to be very emotional within this, this, next, this next week because of the things that, that took place and came about. And uh, you know when it came about and I got the message, you know who the first person I called was? You know the first per- guess who the first person I called was? Okay, take a guess. Rich. Huh? Rich. No. Lori. No. I called Brandon. He was the very first one I called. My son. You know why? Because I needed to hear what was going to come out of his mouth. You know, it's like, son, I just have to let you know. You know, I told him, 2% chance I'm going to live, 98% chance I'm going to die. You know, and it's like, there wasn't even, like, you, you expect maybe a break of silence on the phone while he's taking it in. And then, you know, like that, I, I don't know what to say. No, nope. you remember what you said? No, exactly. I remember what he said. Exactly. Without a hesitation, you know what he said? Well, Dad, you know what to do. You got this. And I'm like, wow. First thing that came out of his mouth. That's it. That's all that came out of his mouth. And then, except for the fact he said, but don't tell Mom yet. <laughs> and I did. She didn't find out. Until the doctor. But I uh, called my son. God helped me, had me call my son first. And he had, him, he had him speak the right words to me. Well, you know what to do, Dad. You got this. That's right. That's right. I got this because of the finished works of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, I praise him and I worship him and I glorify him. But we were, we've been talking about righteousness. And... The reason why righteousness is just oh, such a blessing, such, such, it's so awesome, so awesome. But righteousness only stems from the fact that God loves. God is love, mm-hmm. you know, and he wants to share that love and he wants to share himself. He wants to share himself. He's not a mean God. He's not an angry God. He's not a... He's not, you know, for the first 30 years of my Christian life, I just thought that, you know, 99.99% of everything that I did and what I, what I, what I, what I did, he was displeased with, you know, and, and um, he was ready to, I don't know, well, I've said it before, you know, I, I thought, you know, I was convinced that he's, you know, he's ready to vomit. I was making him so sick, you know, because after all, I was just a sinner, you know, even though I gave my heart to him, I gave my life to him, I became born again. I guess, you know, back then the religion that, that I was involved with didn't know what being born again meant, I guess, I don't know, but I was just still a sinner, you know, and I just, at, the difference between, between me and somebody else is, you know, is that I, I've been saved, that's all, I'm saved. But I'm still a sinner, just like everybody else, you know. And, and that just, I struggled with that, and I struggled in that. Because every time I made a mistake, you know, it uh, reinforced the fact that, you know, I'm just still a sinner. Just kept reinforcing it. Kept reinforcing it, reinforcing it, reinforcing it. I'm just a sinner. And then I get to the point where I just said, you know what, the heck with it. If I'm a sinner, I'm just going to sin. You know, and I never wanted, you know, I didn't want to go to church. 
I didn't want to go there and, you know, and hear messages about how angry and upset and wrathful God was. I don't want to hear that. And then there might have been some times where I sought righteousness by trying to do some righteous things, you know, help, helping people, you know, putting in a significant amount in the offering, whatever. And I felt like, okay, you know, I feel a little bit better now about myself. I'm going to go to church, you know, like. Mm. But then hearing another message and, huh. and uh, I, I remember I revolted and I left for a while. And uh, thank God for the, me- the grace message. Thank, thank, thank God for the, the, tr- the true gospel, the true gospel of, of his grace, the message of Christ. You see, this is the challenge. This is the challenge with people today. Very sincere, very, you know, very loving in, in what they're doing. But they don't understand, yes, the Bible is true from cover to cover. From Genesis 1-1 to, to Revelation 21-21, it's true. But not all truth is, is for me. You know, not all truth is for you. And they, they can't understand. They don't understand it. It's in the Bible. It's got to be true. You know, especially when it comes to Jesus. Are, are you trying to say that what Jesus taught, we don't have to live by? When Jesus says this, that, and the other thing, they don't understand that Jesus was a prophet, right? That came to the nation of Israel to fulfill the law. And when he addressed them, he addressed them in and through that covenant. And they don't understand Hebrews chapter 10, ah, somewhere between verses 8, 9, or 10, where it says, Lo, I came to do your will. What was your will? To do away with that other covenant. Not add, see, that's just, not add to it. Do away. Do away. And usher in a new. Usher in a new. I listen to preachers, Papri is low. You know, just make sure everything is, is, is plugged in good. Thank you. And uh, um, I listened to a, 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 a speaker the other day, and he was really good. But on one hand, he's telling us how we need to, um, you know, we need to, we need to, you know, we need to work. We need to find, you know, we need to, 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 to find a, a ministry and we need to give it all we have, you know, so that we can be pleasing to God. And then he talked about how, you know, because one day we're going to stand before him and our works are going to be put to the test and put to the fire, you know. And that's like, oh, man, you know how much guilt, shame, and condemnation that puts on me? You know, and then think. Then he talked about sometimes it's a fruit, but then sometimes it's just a result. And you have to watch out for the results. We don't want results. We want the fruit. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how do I know if what I'm doing now is producing results or it's producing fruit? And, you know, God, is he, gonna, is he really pleased with what I'm doing now? I think he's going to be pleased with what I'm doing. You, you see what that, that creates? Where, where, you know, and then, then he'll, he'll switch to it's not about what I do. It's not about what I've done. It's about what Jesus has done. It's, it's not about my obedience. It's about Jesus' obedience. See the see the see the intermingling of the gospel of the of the of the covenants there, and and so that's that's where we get ourselves into trouble, when when someone passes away, you know it's like God took that person, God took that person. After all, the Bible says in, in Job, God God gives and God takes. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. You know it's in the Bible. 
needless, needless to say that Job, at the end of, of, of his book, he says, well, clearly I did not know God. I did not know him. I, and this is the truth and the reality in the body of Christ today. Surely I didn't know him. I only knew what I heard. So many of us only know what we've heard. Only know what we've heard. And three things will keep you from, from life more abundantly. Traditions of men, what we've heard, right? Uh, experience, that's, that's, that's a killer sometimes. You know, I'm going to use my experience. My experience is God will use a doctor. No, I'm not preaching that. I'm preaching finished works of Jesus Christ. God heals. He heals. He heals instantly and suddenly. My walk now I see in the mirror, mirror dimly, then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully as I've fully been known. All I know is God gave me a promise. I will live and I will not die and to proceed with peace. But I'm not going to preach. No, you, you have to go to a doctor. I'm saying, listen, if the Lord is leading you to go to the doctor, you go. I'm never going to tell people not to. But I'm always going to preach finished work of Jesus Christ. By his stripes, we are healed. I'll never let my experience get in the way. Well, you know, this is my experience. No, no, it's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's got to be the word of God. But traditions of man, experience, right? And the law, legalism. Legalism, the law. And uh, so God, he replaces that covenant with a new covenant. And he didn't even want that old covenant. That's what I don't, that's what I don't understand. When we, read, when we read these passages of Scripture, when... when why don't we understand what it's saying where it says God did not take pleasure in that? He did not want it. Well, then why did we have it? Because you asked for it. I wanted you to remain in the Abrahamic covenant, which was the covenant of grace. I wanted to deal with you as individuals to make you all a holy nation and a royal priesthood. But you said, no, we don't want that. You tell Moses what you want us to do. Moses will tell us, and whatever you tell Moses to tell us, we will do. And God said, really? Mm -hmm. huh. Boom, here's the law. And what happened? That same day, the same day, 3,000 people died. Right? 3,000 people died. They got what they wanted, and God knew they can't keep it. They cannot keep it. They asked for it. Why didn't he want the law? Because he was a God of blessing. He wanted to bless. And they put themselves in a situation that says, you can't bless us, God, until we do. We do, and then you can bless. Do it yourself system. God didn't want that. And they couldn't keep it, so he could never bless them. You know what he does? He says, okay, let's, let's, we have to come up with some kind of system you know, that, that, that covers your sin so that I can bless you. And that's how they started the, the sacrifices. And every single day, daily, blood, 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 blood was flowing. Bulls and goats and rams and sheep, you know. But it couldn't take away sin. It couldn't remove sin. And it couldn't do what the new covenant can do. Transform your life. Transform your life. Make you brand new. Give you a totally new heart. And then why would God do that? Because why would God make us righteous? 
because of his love. God is love. First and foremost, God is love, and he loves us. He's always loved us. From the very beginning of time, before we, we created, he loved us. And he knew what would happen because of his omniscience, because of the fact that he's all-knowing. He knew, I create them, they're going to fall. But they kind of have free will. But they're going to fall. And sin is going to enter the world because of one man's falling. But i, I got to have an answer for that. I'm going to have my son, Jesus Christ. And that's why it says before the foundations of the world were laid, Jesus Christ was slain. Because God knew. And before he created, it says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, he, before the foundations were, were set, he saw us in Christ and in love. That's why he was able to do it. He was able to do it because he knew he would, he would give us a savior. He would give us the sacrifice that would take away sin forever and that would transform our lives, that would make us brand new when we put our faith in him. Because God is love. Because he's love, he wanted to share himself. He wanted to share Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And that's why he said, let us make man in our own image. Because he loved. Because he loved. The love of God. But the love, love is a very confusing issue. In fact, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 26 through 40, we read where a lawyer... Why do lawyers ever always get a bad name? I don't know. Well, this lawyer is coming to Jesus and he's trying to trick him. He's trying to trick him. Why do lawyers get a bad name? Right? What's on that? You know, lawyers get a bad name. Salesmen get a bad name. And you know who else gets a bad name? Who else is on that list? Ministers. <laughs> Ministers. Because they don't preach the true gospel. But anyway, so this lawyer comes... They what? That's why lawyers get a bad name. Because they don't preach the gospel. There you go. And, and, and yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this lawyer comes to him and tries to trick him because everybody's trying to trick him. Everybody's trying to catch him. They want something to accuse him. Accuse him by. Some evidence. Some, some words out of his mouth. Some actions. It's not the Pharisees. It's the Sadducees. If it's not the Sadducees... Here comes the Lord. He says, teacher, I got one for you. Which commandment in the law is the greatest? Hmm. I like that. Which commandment in the law is the greatest? I'm so glad that they emphasize that. In the law is the greatest. Jesus answered him, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is a great and supreme commandment. And the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way that you love yourself. Contained within these commandments to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. I think he put it to rest with, the, with that lawyer. So now we, we, we read that and we don't understand that Jesus is acting as a prophet, you know, speaking prophetically, also speaking to the nation of Israel, also fulfilling the covenant he was in, fulfilling the law. The religious world today tries to place strong emphasis 
on us how we must love God. And as a result of that, you must love God. You must. There's a production of guilt, shame, condemnation, a sense of failure and inadequacy. People naturally assume that since Jesus said these are the greatest commandments, that they still apply to us as believers today. This might shock you, but they don't. Jesus has a much better way to inspire and to help us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, as well as our neighbors, as ourselves. And we're going to look at how God has now been able to do what he wasn't able to do through the law. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, it says, Afterwards, I will give them a new covenant. This covenant, I will embed my laws into their hearts and fasten my words to their thoughts. And he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. So if our sins have been forgiven and forgotten, why would we ne ever need to offer another sacrifice for sin? We don't. It goes on to say, above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin thou wanted not. Neither did you take pleasure in them. Wow. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 16 and 18. It tells us God didn't want it and he didn't take pleasure in it which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do your will, O God, to take away that covenant that we may establish anew. And in the new, there's a far better way. Loving God and loving others will come effortlessly because we can become born again and we can become transformed by the renewing power of the Holy Spirit and of grace. In John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, it says, But those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given authority to become the children of God. He was not born by joining of human parents or from natural means or by man's desires, but he was born from God. He was born from above. And before that takes place, before born anew and born from above takes place, God shows us his perfect love for us. That it's all about his loving us. It's no more dependent upon our loving him. This is why it becomes so important in your walk with Christ. Is to constantly remind yourself. Constantly be reminded of the fact God loves me. God's madly in love with me. He's head over heels in love with me. You know when you... No. That's not true. Because it's always the case now. I was going to say, you know when you first fall in love? Right? When you first fall in love, you don't see any, any uh, blemishes, right? You don't see any, you know, any faults or any failures, right? You know, you, when you first fall in love, you see, just see perfection. You just see perfection, right? Then you get married, right? And then, no, no, right? <laughs> but now, no, we love... We still, we don't see any, we don't see any, we don't see, we see as God sees. 
But before, before all, God is showing, he shows perfect love. And he shows us how we love effortlessly. How to love it. Don't we want to love effortlessly? Oh, yeah, if I'm loving effortlessly, I'm not, I'm not trying to find ways in my own strength and in my own power. Because now I'm going to fail and then I'm going to fall, falter. And then, you know, I know I'm going to guilt, shame, and condemnation. Oh, you mean effort, effortlessly love him with all my heart, with all I'm going to show you how to effortlessly. How, how do you do that? Just understand and know and get a revelation, more and more of it every day, how much God loves you. What? So that's the, that's, that should be a commandment. Thou shalt know how much God loves you. That's a new commandment. Thou shalt know how much God loves you. What? Thou shalt. Aren't you getting it wrong? Thou shalt know how, how much. No, thou shalt know how much God loves you. And so we look at John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved, he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that word world means the whole earth, all its inhabitants. You think of the most unloveliest person you can. You think about the most, guess what? God loves him. God loves her. Because God is love. God is love. And God sent Jesus for that person. It's like, geez, he sent Jesus for me. For God so loved the world. Wow. And in fact, this is what the message should be. This is what the message should be. Not that you are a, you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And if you don't make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you're going to die in your sins. You know, that, no. No. For God so loved the world that he gave. And he made his son, who knew no sin, to be sin with all of our sins. And now we could be the righteousness of God in him. So now what the word of God says is we are now agents. You're an agent. You're a secret agent. Secret agent. Man, remember that? Boy, that was a show back in the day. Secret agent. Man, we're all secret agents. We're all special agents on a special assignment. And you know what our special assignment is? It's not to, you're going to hell. It's not, it's not you're going to burn. You're going to die in your sins. Wait a second, you're not going to die in your sins because Jesus died for your sins. Amen. And with your sins. But now it says we're agents and we're ambassadors Amen. of reconciliation. We are ambassadors. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 18 and 19 and 20 talks about this. In Christ, God reconciled the whole world. Do you understand that? Reconciled the whole world to himself. So now what he's saying is, you're agents of reconciliation. Share my love. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? And reveal the fact of each and every one's reconciliation mm -hmm. with God. And then they express their faith in Jesus Christ, Romans 10, 10, and they believe in their heart. God raised him from the dead, and they believe in their heart unto righteousness and confess with their mouth unto salvation. And then in John chapter 17, verse 23, Jesus is praying for you and you and you and me. He's praying for you. And what's he praying? Oh, give him strength to make it through Give him strength to, to make it, uh, you know, because he's going to have some challenges. There's going to be some stuff that's going to come up in his life. There's going to be some stuff that's going to come up in her life, you know. 
There's going to be a lot of trials. There's going to be a lot of, you know, so the Lord, give them strength. You know, the enemy's going to come and attack them. Ah, the enemy's going to come and attack them. So, Lord, get just, Father, Father, give them. No, that's not what he prayed. You know what he prayed? Father, that they would know you love them as much as you love me. John chapter 17, verse 23. Why does God know that? Why did Jesus pray that? Because if you know that Christ loves you, Romans chapter 8, verse 37, we are more than conquerors through him, not who we love, but who loves us. That's why he prayed that prayer. Father, they know you love them. They'll face anything and everything. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 and verse 8. The Holy Spirit has been sent. It's shed abroad on our hearts to show us and reveal to us the love God has for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God commended his love for us because we were so deserving. We deserved it. No, he commended his love while we were yet sinners. He commended his love for us. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul is like, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in his love. This is his prayer, that we would be rooted and grounded in his love. Religion is saying you need to ground yourself and be rooted in love for God. No, this is Paul's praying. Paul's not praying that. He's kind of praying what Jesus is praying. He's mirroring Jesus by saying, by saying that, that, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in love. And in fact, in, in verse 19, he says, not only that you're going to be grounded in that love and rooted in that love, but that you would know the height of that love, the depth of that love, the width of that love. Wow. And once you are, once you are, You'll experience this beautiful Romans, just Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17, 18, 19. And once you do, once you're rooted in his love and you experience that love, then you're going to live in the fullness of God. We want to live in the fullness of God. Wow. And then, see how this progresses? And then, and then... God will be able to do far beyond what you can ask and think because of that power that works within you. What's that power that works within you? Well, Paul, based upon what you said in the verses before, it's the love that Christ has for us. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then, and then 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 and verse 17. Verse 10 says, here's love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. Here's love. Not that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. No. Here's love. Not that you love God. But that God loves you. Wow. This is the new covenant. This is the power of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. That God loves you. And in fact, verse 17, because of that love, because of God's perfect love for you, Chris, it's going to get religion mad because they want you to live your life thinking that one day you're going to sit before God and, 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 and at, his, at his altar, right in front of him and, and behind him is going to be a big movie screen. And it's going to project everything you've done wrong. 
everything you've done bad. You know? Everything you could have and you should have. And what? No. Here's, God's love is so perfect that when it comes to that day, you're going to have boldness. Why? Because it says, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Right here, right now. This is powerful. This is beautiful. It's his perfect love towards us that enables us to respond in the deepest of ways back to him and to others. And that's what God knows. This is what God knows. I love this. I pull this out every once in a while. Here's God, right? You, got, you see, can you see his eyes? Can you see his eyes? His eyes, his eyes have hearts in it. Hearts in his eyes. Hearts, hearts in his eyes. There you go. Hearts in his eyes. He's, that's him looking at you. You, you know, I used to watch, I used to watch cartoons when I was a little kid. And I used to watch like Bugs Bunny. He used to fall in love with the other bunny. I forget what her name was. And all of a sudden he was go boom, and and the heart would come out of his eyeballs. Right? You remember that? No. Yes. Right. The, boom. The the eye the hearts would come out of the eyeballs. This guy looking at us, and he wants to shower us and pour on us his love because he knows the more he does, boom, it's going to respond back to him just naturally, just naturally, a naturally a natural reflex. He's going to come down. His love's coming down. And what? It's going to go right back up to him. How can you not? You, it, 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 it's, it's a given. That's how it works. This last year, man, I thought I loved my wife. I thought she loved me. You know? But each day, wow. You know, what she, what she did for me, it was hard for me to swallow. It was hard for me to taste. So every day she would try to make a new dish, something new. Something, and she would spend hours researching, and then hours making it. And guess what? I got excited. I put it to my mouth, and guess what? I couldn't, I couldn't eat it. She didn't get discouraged at all. She loved me so much. She set out, let me get something else. Let me try something else. Let me and, then, and, you know, and everything I used to do, she just totally took over. I couldn't carry, the, I couldn't carry garbage down the stairs. Yeah, I couldn't, there's so many things I couldn't do. She did it. She didn't complain a bit. Not one bit. You know, she, we, we would, we would, I never get that day we went to the hospital. It was towards, it was towards the end and I was so weak, so weak. And, and, and I couldn't, I had my book bag with, with my stuff because we would be there all day and I couldn't carry it. And she had her book bag with her stuff because she would be there all day. So she had her book bag and she had my book bag and I couldn't walk. I, I just couldn't take a step. She took my arm, she put it on her shoulder and put her hand around my waist, and she, she pretty much carried me. And I'm like, Lord, what? what do you do with that love? You love back. You love back. God knows. God knows. And not only that, but because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Daddy. Abba, Daddy. His son, you know, one with us, one with our new spirit beings, with our new hearts, right? Together, they cry out, Abba, Daddy. And Abba is supposedly, supposed to be one of the most intimate ways of talking about your father, your daddy. Abba, Abba, Abba. Love makes it impossible to harm another. And this is why Paul in Romans chapter 13, verse 10 says, Love 
fulfills all the law. You know, this is why God doesn't need the commandments. He doesn't need the Big Ten anymore. And he doesn't need the, big, the 613 anymore. This is why he canceled them out. He canceled them out. He nailed them to the cross. Canceled them out. Because that system produced guilt, shame, and condemnation. He, he got rid of them. And now he gives us a new heart. With his laws on it. What law? Love. Love. That's it. We operate with the law of love. The law of faith and the law of freedom, liberty. But the law of love, love makes it possible to not ever, to never harm another. And to always love God. And love fulfills the law. Wow. And we're no longer commanded. No longer commanded, thou shalt love the Lord your God. We're no longer commanded, commanded thou shalt love your enemy. Thou shalt love another, you know, love others as you love yourself. And so now, because there's no more commandments, there's no more guilt. There's no more shame. There's no more condemnation. But you see, what people don't realize, even though the law has been canceled out, we still should be fulfilling the law, which was perfect and holy, because we operate in love. Right? We operate in love. But there's no more law that says thou shalt love. There's no more law that says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. There's no more law that tells us we need to give. There's no more law. But guess what? When you become transformed, when you become born again, when now God's law of love is written on your hearts, and God has revealed all his love to you, and you've received of all his love, and all the revelation of all his love, and it's responding back, you want to love God. You want to love others. And you want to be in his house. Why do you want to be in his house? Because of love. Love for him. Love for others. You operate in love. And, and, the, and that's why Paul says when you got to come together with hymns and songs and spiritual songs. you got to come together because as the body, that's how you learn to become one in Christ. That's how you learn to become one with Christ. Because everybody is in a different place in their giftings. And all their giftings teach and train each other on the one big gift they can all operate in and through. You're not supposed to forsake the gathering, the assembling, especially as the days grow near. But you see, it's no longer a command. Now it's something you want to do. You want to be. I want to, I want to, I love God. I don't even think about it anymore. I love him every day. I th Thank you for loving me, Father. Thank you for loving me, Father. Oh, and I love you. And I can't wait for Saturdays when I get with the Karis group. I just can't wait. I just have such a blessed time with them. I can't wait till Sundays when I'm with you guys. I can't wait to see you. Can't wait to give you a hug. You know? Can't wait for all the encouragement we receive from each other. And this is all because transformation and of grace and of love, the love of God. So once again, once again, let's be reminded that what we need to do simply is to embrace, embrace in all its fullness the love of God for us. Praise you, Father. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for all you've done. For all you've done. You know, I like to say, Father, for all you 
you do and all you're going to do, but you've done it. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's done. Now it's according to the power that works within us. Now it's according to our believing. Now it's according to our taking. But we thank you, Father, because just like for the nation of Israel, you provided the promised land, a a land flowing with milk and honey. You provided it all for us. Father, we can't thank you enough. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that with Jesus, you gave us all things. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. Thank you, Father. We praise you. And Father, again, I echo with Caprice echoed. If anyone stumbled across this, this, this video, this, this, this message, and they haven't met Jesus yet, they haven't made him Lord and Savior of their life, it's just simply, it's simple. It's, it's by simply just saying, I believe I believe on that third day he rose from the dead. I believe, and I believe he's Lord and Savior. And I confess with my mouth that he is my Lord and Savior, and I believe with my heart that I now am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, thank you. And as you receive him, if you need a healing, you take it right now. Whatever you need, that's part of this finished work, you take it right now. Don't wait. You need to be healed, take it. You need, you need mental clarity, take it. You need, you need deliverance from, a, from, from an addiction, take it. Right now, right now, through Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.